Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Bunny Michael. Connecting to your higher self is an unlearning process. Unlearning the conditioning of our culture that raised us to believe we have to prove ourselves to belong. Success, fulfilling relationships, self-acceptance, inner peace, all of that begins when we realize that that is what we deserve, what we've always deserved. Aligning with your higher self is an awakening process and it is no easy feat. But as you will learn from the callers on this podcast, our journeys might look different, but our path is the same. Welcome to EXO Higher Self. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 107. Thank you so much for being here. I hope you're doing well. I hope you had a good week. I am very, very grateful that the elections happened without any major, serious, catastrophic issues to democracy. Like, I'm really, really glad that democracy prevailed. No matter what political, where you are in the political spectrum, and I know there's a lot of disagreement out there, but in the United States especially, like, our democracy is fragile. And I actually was really nervous about some of these electioneers winning their races and then the truth being called into question and cheating and all this stuff. And I'm just really, really glad that that um, our elections were, were safe. Uh, so yeah, that's something to be grateful about. You know, when we are dealing with politics and just the larger issues in the world that can feel so overwhelming, climate change, anti-LGBTQ legislation. Um, There's so many things. Uh, Gun control issues, economic inequality. It's so easy to feel overwhelmed, frustrated, angry. It's so tempting to want to lash out or argue with somebody on the internet as if that's really making much of a difference because what happens is like we're so frustrated and it feels like the only voice we have is like a voice to yell at our peers or to you know tell somebody else that they're wrong but what gets me through this process and and I often get overwhelmed too what helps me in those moments when I feel afraid or scared for the future is to know that most people in this world truly, truly, truly want 
peace. And the people who don't, deep down, all they really want is love, is to feel lovable. And they're going about it in very misguided ways. They're trying to feel some semblance of self-worth by hurting other people and feeling like that gives them power. So what we have to do, the, the way that we counter that psychology, that level of consciousness is to make love and compassion the strongest force not to go down that same path of making other people, dehumanizing other people, um, insulting other people, you know, getting off on watching people fail or shaming other people, you know, as tempting as that is because, and understandable because we're angry and we're hurt. But what really is going to sustain us is to remember that love is the most powerful force, the most powerful force. And when we hold that in our heart, it actually helps us take the things that people are doing. It, it, it gives us a layer of protection because we know that they're so misguided and they don't have any kind of power over us to tell us that we're not worthy of love and care. You know, a lot of people knock that whole Michelle Obama thing of when they go low, we go high because people say, oh, that's like dismissing it or, oh, that's not the right way to fight. But <laughs> what's the option, babes? You know, like sometimes I watch people just arguing and fighting and, and and insulting the other side. And and I think to myself, God, we're we're just we're playing into their hands. You know, we're playing right into their hands. Because the more we hate on each other, the more hatred prevails. It's a force. It's an energy that can only be countered through love. So Believing in each other's humanity, remembering that everybody just wants to feel loved, reminding each other of how worthy we are of something better. That's the answer. That's the answer. Anywho, <laughs> just went on a little tangent there, but it's so, it's so easy to get swept up, right? in the rhetoric and in the games and the politics. And it's so hard to kind of take a step back and be like, all that's really going on here is that everybody needs more love. That's really all that's going on here. And on that note, let's get to the questions so we can keep spreading the love. The following question is a submission on our website. Hi, Bunny. I'm writing to you today because I'm severely struggling with insecurity within myself and my relationship. My partner and I have been together for nearly a decade. 
I love them so much and have never doubted their love and faithfulness for me. When everything else has been falling apart in my life, I've always been grateful to come home to a loving and faithful partner who didn't make me question if I was enough for them. This has been the best romantic relationship in my life where I've felt extremely secure. Throughout the years, I've never felt the need to spy on them by going through their phone or do anything else that would hint to me not trusting them because I have fully trusted them up to this point. We both have each other's passcodes and face ID stored, and I have never had a reason to feel like the other is being sneaky. My partner has a bad habit of leaving ton of apps open, which drains their battery, and they often forget to put it on their charger before bed. About a month ago, I was putting their phone on their charger and closing out their apps like I usually do and never seen anything that sparked concern. Unfortunately, on this day, I discovered photos of other people, most of whom we knew in person, but not close. And most of the photos were lewd, but all of them were available on social media, a.k.a. no one sent them. I've talked to my partner about this which they regretfully apologized for and explained that at the time they didn't think they were hurting anyone and definitely didn't mean to hurt me or do anything to make me feel less loved or wanted. We have both been trying very hard to work through this. We often have conversations about it, especially when I'm triggered or have more questions. I appreciate my partner being honest with me once they were confronted and being open to having these difficult conversations with me. And they have been putting in more effort to make me feel secure, but I'm still struggling. Now I feel deeply insecure, especially when it comes to my appearance, sexual appeal, and to our relationship. I've never felt insecure in our relationship. I've always assumed we are perfect for each other, and we had no need to look at or fantasize about others. For reference, we had a mutual understanding of each other watching porn, and I have never given either the impression of an open relationship. And I assumed we were on the same page and not fantasizing about partaking in content from people we know, IRL. When I ask them more details as to why they did this, they usually respond with, I don't know. Although they say they don't know why they did it initially, they do show a lot of regret for doing so. It's hard for me to believe because after the initial finding, but before the confrontation, I discovered more photos in a hidden folder on their phone. This made me feel like they knew the wrong of the situation and continued anyways. I've also really never compared myself to others, especially femme presenting people. I identify as she, her, and now I can't stop doing it. I know I'm an attractive person. I get compliments often from strangers, friends, and of course my partner. I do think I'm beautiful, but now I feel resentment towards other attractive people, especially if I'm with my partner when I see them. I feel like I'm doing a disservice to myself and my own gender by feeling this way. I can't look at people the same way. Mostly my partner and the people he had photos saved of that we know. I can't look at myself the same because I feel so much guilt and shame for feeling so insecure about myself and comparing myself to others. I feel gullible for thinking our relationship was different and that I wouldn't be betrayed like this. I'm honestly embarrassed to even talk about it. The only person I've talked about it with other than my partner is my therapist. I'm afraid if I tell my friends, they'll think differently of us. 
I keep wanting to blame myself for this happening because early on in our relationship, I've said hurtful things that I didn't mean. And I went several years with minimal sexual desire due to trauma, stress, and birth control. I know I shouldn't blame myself and my partner assures me I did nothing to cause this, but for some reason I feel like that would make the situation better. I feel like I'm grieving what our relationship was and who I was before this happened. I feel overwhelmed with feelings of guilt, shame, sadness, heartbreak, and betrayal, just to name a few. I'm struggling so much with insecurity and trust, and I'm grateful my partner has been mature and patient enough to work through this with me. I bring the situation up often, and I've jumped to drastic measures for a sense of control and validation. Example, sex, looking through the phone, etc., I love my partner and I want our relationship to grow and to be able to move past this. I guess my questions are, how do I deal with insecurity within yourself and your relationships and how do we build trust with someone you love? I appreciate you taking the time to read my questions. Any advice you can give on dealing with this situation would be so great. Thank you so much. Hi, my love. Well, first of all, I just want to say that you're a very thoughtful, caring partner and person. And one of the things that really stood out to me about your email was just how you've looked at the situation from so many different lenses, how you go deep within yourself, try to find your own contribution to the situation or the lens with which you're experiencing this, what it's bringing up in you, fears, hierarchical beliefs, wanting to be understanding, and yet at the same time, knowing that your boundaries are violated. And you're just a very deeply feeling, uh, emotionally mature person. And it, 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 it really is uh, really good to hear that. I think that you've given this a lot of thought and a lot of care. And it makes sense that what happened is making you feel insecure because what your partner did was violate a boundary in your relationship. It might not have been something you previously talked about, but like you said, we all have our own separate erotic lives, even when we're in a couple. We all have our own fantasies. We all have our private solo sex time. Um, and that is very healthy and okay. And there are things that are private that we don't share about uh, our, fantasy, our fantasies and our eroticism. We shouldn't have to share every thought we have with our partner. And that's healthy and that's normal. However, when our private erotic experiences get put into our relationship in a way that is about us, aka pictures of friends that you both have, it's it's crossed a boundary into a space that, into your space, into your relationship. And so I can see how that can be very disheartening and feel like a violation or feel like a betrayal because it's not just private about some random porn star or whatever. It's about people that you both know. 
and them saving these photos feel very objectifying of, of your friends, of these people. And so it makes sense that because your partner was seeing those people through that lens, through that objectification, that now you're seeing them through that lens, that now you are seeing yourself through that lens to where you're judging yourself based on however you measure up according to whatever standards, you know, whatever toxic masculine standards, whatever patriarchal standards, comparing yourself to them, feeling insecure. And it's because that objectification is now something that you are having to participate in because the boundary was violated in that way. And that's why we have to have these boundaries in our relationship, because now that it's been put into a place put into part of your relationship and your, and your the two of you's relationship with other people that you know, you're now for being forced to participate in that. And I don't think your partner in, intended that necessarily at all, but that's the result of their choices. And part of the issue, and I, I think part of the issue why you're not able to get clarity about this or, or let this go or, or you're really struggling with this isn't because you're not evolved enough or awakened enough or compassionate enough because you are all of those things. I think it's because you're not getting clarity about why your partner did that or why your partner made those choices or what was motivating those actions. And I'm sure your partner probably feels a lot of shame and embarrassment about what they did. And it's probably really scary for them to talk about it or even to look within themselves in a very deep way and understand it, the motivation. But because they're not really willing to go deep when and when they say, oh, I don't know why, and that's their only answer, it's really hard for you to understand and come to some kind of healing in your relationship about it because it, you seem to be going deep, digging into your own psyche, working on it with your therapist, trying really, really hard to heal it and move past it so y'all can, as a couple, bring that trust back in the relationship, but it just doesn't feel like your partner is doing and willing to do that in our work as well with you. And so that's part of the issue why y'all haven't found some kind of healing or why you don't have a deeper understanding and why it's hard for you to get that trust back. Because you really just don't know why they made those choices or what was motivating those choices. And neither do I. And it seems like it's... If, and so you're left to have all of these assumptions or make all of these projections as to why. It, it ha must have something to do with me. It must be something that I didn't do in our relationship. And part of the reason why you're questioning all that stuff and questioning yourself is because your, your partner isn't giving you any feedback as to the reason. So you're left to make all these guesses, and of course, you're going to take that back to yourself, even though I know in my heart, it's not about you not being good enough. This has to do with something going on with them. And it could be like an identity issue. It could just be like, um, I don't know what it is, you know, and the thing that that fuels 
difficult and to understand is the fact that it, it was pictures of of people that you know and and it does feel it does feel so close to home in that way and it does feel like a violation of the boundary between for example what if those people knew that your your partner was collecting pictures of them? It might make them feel like their boundaries were violated too, even though that's a picture that they share it on the internet. You don't normally assume that if you're posting a thirst trap that people that you're friends with or acquaintances with are, and who you think you're just friends with and you're cool with are necessarily like creating a folder on their computer of those pictures, right? I think everybody would feel a little bit like they're weird about that. Okay. So this isn't about shaming your partner's choices. This is about understanding what's going on at a deeper level. And so I really think that it'd be a good idea. And especially because you have a therapist and you didn't say your partner has a therapist and maybe they do, but it might be a really good idea for y'all to get into some kind of couple session to talk about this. Because you need some support. And I really don't feel like you're getting it You're in the way that you need. I get that your partner's being very understanding and loving and asking and saying they're sorry and reassuring you, which is great. But what you're looking for is a deeper understanding so you really can see what's going on. I know I keep repeating myself, but <laughs> I think that's really the issue. You know, our relationships, the way in which we grow out of difficult times or the way in which we solve conflict is that we both see each other's perspective. We both understand, okay, they made those choices or they have that sensitivity or they have that need based on, you know, the experiences they are growing up, or the things that they're working on right now, their fears about this thing, their insecurities about this thing. And that's how we build a sort of emotional intimacy and help each other grow and support each other's growth. It's not about, you know, obviously sharing everything. We do have our own private lives. But when it comes to conflict with our partners, it's really important for us both to be be willing to be vulnerable in that way and to really be willing to look within ourselves and, and ask ourselves, okay, what, what did motivate me to this? Let me figure this out because this hurt my partner and I need to figure this out so that we can have some clarity and I can have some clarity and we can heal this together. So talk to your partner and try to talk to your therapist, see if both of y'all can go for a session. And I really do think you can work it out, but it's going to take a willingness for your partner to go deeper within the issue for both of you and for themselves, right? Because they don't want to have to feel ashamed of their choices either, you know? So it would be a good thing for y'all to talk about this with a therapist, okay? I'm sending you so much love. Hang in there. You didn't do anything wrong. You're not a bad partner. You're beautiful. This this is, is not about your worth. Okay. Y'all can get through this. You love each other. Hi, bunnies. Um, so this is a little bit tricky for me, the situation that I'm in. So I've called in before 
and it was about something um, that you really helped me with, and you told me to go to therapy. And I'm a very stubborn person, <laughs> so I didn't end up going to therapy. Um, I'm at a point now where I think maybe I should be in therapy, but I'm not sure. I like talking about my situation and getting help from individuals, but going to the same person makes me feel like I'm bombarding them with my issues. So that's why I think therapy is just not my thing, and I just, I'm very, uh, I can't think of the right word right now, but I'm just, I don't, I'm frugal, I'll call it, <laughs> but I just moved out with my boyfriend, which is great, but I can't seem to feel great about it, and it's not because of my boyfriend. Um, I've been with him for six and a half years. We actually moved out on the date six and a half years, and six is my favorite number. <laughs> the reason I feel guilty and sad about it, and, you know, there's a lot of shame with my life and my trauma, I feel... Um, guilt because I left my parents and in regards to the situation I've come to realize my mom isn't um, the most healthy person I thought she was and what really helped me realize that was the Jeanette McCurdy book I'm glad my mom died um, that and also just this journey I've had, I've realized that. The journey of higher self, I've realized she's not on a journey at all. She's just going to be toxic. And my boyfriend says, you know, some people after a certain age, they just stay toxic. And I don't believe that. I think some people, they can change. I don't know if she can. I'm trying to figure out why I'm not happy possibly ADHD, bipolar disorder, anxiety, depression, a combination of all of them. Um, I don't know what it is. Uh, I have a feeling I know what it is. Um, it's not my boyfriend. Very much love him. But I just can't feel connected with him. I can't enjoy this place, even though it's so beautiful and it's so amazing and the location's awesome. Everything's awesome. You know, it's it's affordable and I can save a ton of money. I feel like I'm attached to someone who's toxic still. And I feel like I have to stay attached to this person, even though I know I don't have to. I just live so close to them still. And I don't know how to detach myself from that person if they live with someone who I want to stay attached to. Because I feel like, let's just be honest, it's my mom. She's kind of still toxic. She's not working on herself at all. I don't know if she will ever work on herself. My dad, once I told him everything that has happened in my past that they were both involved with kind of secondarily or, you know, they were there but they just didn't do anything about it. They didn't realize it was happening or whatever. My dad, he has done a 180 as a parent. My mom has been stuck in her ways, and 
in her in their own relationship. I've witnessed it, and I just see my dad's eyes, and I just see him in pain because I know he wants out, but he loves her, and he can't get out anyway because financially, and just she's emotionally abusing him, and I want to help him, and I don't want to help her. I just don't know what I'm supposed to do. And it's making me feel like I can't enjoy anything. But thank you for everything. And I'm ah, trying to say sorry, but thank you for everything. (laughs) Truly, you're amazing. Hi, love. When you said that I recommended you go to therapy and that you didn't want to go to therapy... It makes a lot of sense. Nobody wants to go to therapy. Nobody really wants to sit and talk about their stuff with somebody every single week. Why? Because it's really hard. And because that means you're acknowledging that what you have to talk about is important and that your own healing is the most important thing in your life. And the reason why not even necessarily the sessions, but just the choice to do that for yourself is incredibly healing because you're saying, hey, this stuff is important. What I have to work out is important and I deserve help with that. And you said the idea of seeing the same person every week, you would be burdening them. Babe, you would not be burdening them. They are in that profession because they love it and because they love helping people. This is their deepest passion. They genuinely care. Now, not every therapist is a good match. There are ones that are better than other ones. But the reason why I think we as a people need as much support as we get, as we can get, is because we live in a really difficult world and that we have trauma. We have stuff that we experienced growing up. We have parental figures that said things or did things that were hurtful. And we need help to address those wounds so that we can live joyful lives, so that we can know our self-worth, so that we can have the right boundaries that are going to enable us to heal. And when you're doing all of that in your own head all of the time, it's no wonder you feel totally overwhelmed, lost, confused, shame, depression, anxiety. All of those symptoms are absolutely understandable when you have unhealed trauma, unaddressed trauma. A lot of psychologists um, have made a connection between our environments and our physiological experiences. When we have trauma or when we have gone through difficult things, It affects us chemically. It affects our nervous system. And even when we're not necessarily thinking about that stuff, 
our bodies are thinking about it. Our bodies are used to being in that cycle of fight or flight or freeze. And so we're constantly tense. We're constantly not able to relax. Even when things are going in our life, quote unquote, really well. Even when we can look around and be like, oh, I am so blessed. I have this. I have that. What's wrong with me? Why can't I just enjoy my life? Why can't I just be happy? Well, a lot of that is because you're, you've been physiologically affected by your trauma. And when you work on your healing, what happens is you are changing your nervous system. You do different therapies like somatic therapies. You change you bring more awareness to your thinking. You create boundaries so that you're not in environments that make you scared or afraid or feel unsafe. And, and so you're not re-traumatized. The reason why we have to put that effort in and seek those tools and seek that help is because we're worth it. Everybody deserves to have a healing plan that doesn't look the same for everybody, but we have the capacity to seek that out. And it's not just about going to therapy. You know, there's a lot of different things. And you mentioned how even reading that book was so incredibly helpful. Well, There's a lot of books out there. There's a lot of teachers out there. There's a lot of healers out there. There's a lot of tools out there for you. What it's going to take is you acknowledging that you deserve that help. You deserve it. And your parents' journey, as much as you want to make that okay, part of the thing that has been so helpful that I've learned in therapy is understanding that we have no control over our parents' choices. The only control we have is our own choices and how we look at the situation and how our own healing and loving ourselves and giving ourselves grace and having compassion for ourselves and treating ourselves with care breaks that cycle. It breaks that cycle. But we can't depend on the people who hurt us to give us healing. We can't expect the people who cause our trauma to now then be the ones who bring closure to that trauma because they've changed. We have to do it for ourselves. And it's the hardest fucking thing to do. It is so, so hard. It's harder than getting the right job. It's harder than making money. It's harder than, I don't know, winning some kind of award or, or running a marathon. Healing our trauma is so, so hard because it goes deep. It cuts deep into our soul. It's a soul issue. It's everything. And your higher self is who you are and who you always have been beyond your trauma, beyond your wounds, it's the container with which holds all of your experiences. It's your spirit that is connected to every creation in this world. 
You are part of all creation. There is so much about you that isn't about your story. And the way that we actually sustain that healing journey, and it's a long journey, and it's a path, and it's kind of never ending, and we're all doing it together, and sometimes it's harder than other times, but how we sustain it is we know that we were born loving, full of love, whole, just as we were created. And the experiences that we go through in our life sometimes are really hard and they take up so much space in our mind that we easily forget who we really are and how lovable and whole we already are. And the process of healing is returning and is remembering our higher selves, is remembering that no matter what we've been through, no matter what anybody has said to us, no matter what happens in the world, our worth never changes. Everybody on this planet deserves love and care and safety and nurturing. Every single person. This isn't about us being too good for other people or better than other people. No, this is the realization that we are all born whole. This is a change in our consciousness. And that shift in our consciousness is the part of you that says, you mm, know what? I'm going to go to therapy. Even though it's fucking hard, I'm going to go because I know I'm worth it. Because I deserve to be live a life that is reflective of my self-worth. And I'm willing to do the hard stuff because I deserve it. I deserve happiness. I deserve peace. Your higher self is the voice inside of you that called in to this podcast because you knew I had already told you that you <laughs> needed to go to therapy and here you are asking me again and bringing it up again. Why? Because deep down, you know, that's what you should do. You knew I would say it again. And it's okay. It's okay that it's a struggle. It's okay that it's hard. It's hard. It's hard, hard, hard. But everybody listening to this podcast, babe, everybody can relate to you. You're not alone in your experience. That's why people are calling in. That's why I'm doing this because we need to support each other. We need to remind each other all the time that we're worth it. We need community. There is a huge community of self-healers. There's a huge community of people on the path of their higher self. There's a huge amount of people trying to end the cycle of the toxic cycle and the trauma of their family lineage. Trying to have good relationships, trying to create the boundaries, trying to forgive ourselves, trying to forgive other people. But it takes a commitment to being on that path. And you've already been on it. You've already made the effort in all these other ways. And now you're ready to take a larger step to be even more committed, to get out of your comfort zone. So before you try to find any resolution to, you know, how to deal with your dad, how to deal with your mom, how to deal with your relationship, 
you know, those are the details. Those are like the symptoms of an inner need for you to address yourself. This is about you, not about them. This is about your healing. It's not about figuring out what the answer for them should be. It's about your answer. And the answer is that you deserve support and guidance. Everybody does. You know, therapy, it should be free for everybody. Why? Because we didn't ask to be put into this world. <laughs> because we were born into this situation. It's kind of like why tampons should be free. <laughs> it's like, hello. It's not like, you know, I signed up to bleed every month. It's, it's just the experience, my human experience. We've all been dealt different cards. And I'm really glad that you called in. And I'm sending you so much love. The following question is from an email. Dear Bunny, around five months ago, my boyfriend and I broke up after three and a half years together. It was kind of a mutual thing, but in actual fact, it was a huge miscommunication. We were having some trouble navigating a compromise. At the time, I was adamant that I wanted to travel a lot and live a kind of backpacker lifestyle for a while. He was just about to start his career path, something I didn't have at the time, and so he didn't want to travel for the same lengths of time as me. It started to feel like we were heading down different paths. And I think we were both incredibly stressed and upset at the prospect of this. And so communication between us kind of broke down. As a result, we began telling ourselves stories in our heads about what was going on in our lives and relationship until the terrible things we were thinking and feeling became, in our minds, the only absolute reality. During the breakup conversation, he said something that I took as him breaking up with me, and I didn't find out until much later that he thought I was breaking up with him based off of something that I said. So technically, we never actually properly broke up, and a three-and-a-half-year relationship with the best person I have ever met just ended for nothing. Because of the breakup and the fact I had just left my job, I had to move from where we were living just outside of London back with my mom in the countryside. Since that time, I have done a huge amount of emotional work and I've come to realize that a lot of what led to the breakup was very avoidable. I've realized that I was being pretty unreasonable and selfish and that I need to work on respecting other people's boundaries. I've also realized that I want to become a yoga teacher. So now that I'm starting my own career path, career path that I'm really passionate about, I can empathize with where my partner was at during our conversations about traveling. I've also found that a lot of the fears and insecurities I feel about myself actually have a lot to do with fears and insecurities that my mom projects onto me about life and needing to travel, etc. I see now that the breakup was a result of my partner and I being really stressed, emotionally drained, and not seeing things clearly, instead being wrapped up in our own spiraling thoughts. 
I really regret the breakup and I miss my partner so much. I recognize that I've been very isolated and lonely recently due to being in the countryside without friends. So I know that has something to do with it too, but I really miss him and I think we could have worked through these things we were facing. I've realized over the last few months that those things actually weren't as serious to me as I thought. I actually want to be in London and be with him and I see now how we could have compromised around things. We have had a bit of contact since the breakup, but very limited because we both know we need to do the work. When we last spoke, which is about six weeks ago or so, he was on a similar page to me and felt the same way. I'm moving back soon, and he asked me to tell him when I get back. A lot of my self-worth issues are surfacing when I think about contacting him because I feel like I'm a terrible person who's just messing him around. I'm scared that if I try to initiate a reconciliation, I'll be leading him on, and that if we tried it again, it would just fail again. I don't want to put him through that and be a bad person. I have a huge complex about how I'm a terrible person, and I'm very hard on myself all the time. I plan on going to therapy when I get back to London to work on these issues, which I'm hoping will be really helpful. Bunny, I love this person very much, and whilst it seemed like the most loving thing to do at the time, and a lot of good things and realizations have come out of this sad situation, I really regret breaking up. I know that's normal, and whilst I'm scared of everything going wrong, I don't want to live the rest of my life feeling like I've made a huge mistake. What would you do in my situation? Please help. Hi, love. No, you're not a terrible person. And you're growing and you're learning and you're evolving. And I know from this perspective, you might think, oh, what happened was my mistakes or me projecting stuff, my own issues. But that's what happens in every relationship, right? We all do that. We all are healing our wounds. We all project our insecurities about certain things. Um, We all have fears. And It's very understandable, normal to have to go through those experiences with other people in our relationships, to have to make mistakes in order to really understand them. Relationships are really hard and we really have no preparation. We're just basing uh, it on the relationships we grew up around, the examples of love that were in our environment. And a lot of that wasn't healthy. And then there's the popular culture, which definitely doesn't always put a healthy uh, example of what romance is. So first, just give yourself a break because you, like all of us, are understanding and growing at the timing that is exactly right for us. And... All of the experiences that we go through, even the hard ones, are part of our curriculum. The universe is working towards your healing and doing all the things it can to help you realize how worthy you are and help you more fully self-accept, more fully accept yourself and love yourself. And that includes the things that were hard for you. And they're hard for you because not because it's your fault, but because of the circumstances you were raised in and the world that we live in. So I don't want you to forget the element of having a lot of compassion for the mistakes that you've made. And I also want to say it's never just one way, right? Your partner has his own stuff too. 
I'm sure he made mistakes too. Both of you had a dynamic where you were not able to communicate and understand clearly and really know what was going on. And what it actually took was you to be separated in order for you to, in order for you to get this clarity. So now that you get the clarity, you're like, oh my God, I made a mistake. But you really didn't make a mistake. You were doing the thing that you thought was right at the time. You were doing your best, right? And now you're hoping possibly that you could get back to that place and 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 do it right and be together. But I can also sense from your letter that there's some hesitation there because you're still not sure if you're ready for that. And I think that makes sense because this whole time you've been separated, you've been in a different town, you've been staying with your mom and having this time to reflect. So you haven't really tested out being back in London and being single. And I think it might be good to just kind of take it slow. There's no reason to rush into immediately getting back together, especially if there's a part of you that is hesitant about you really being ready or maybe you needing a little bit more clarity. And if you do feel like you're, you are ready, but you're just worried about your own behavior or worried if you can trust yourself, I just want you to know that you are growing and learning and you can trust yourself. You can trust that you're going to do your best and that you're going to give it your best. Nobody is perfect. You're going to make mistakes again too. And that's what happens in relationships. But now you have this experience where you can understand how communication is important, how not making assumptions about what the other person is thinking is important, trying to empathize with their experiences is important, and trusting that they want the best for you is important. And you wouldn't have really gotten there until you were really challenged in that way. And now you, you realize those things. So as we're on this path of growth and awakening, like it's really easy for us to look back at the mistakes or the patterns or things that we didn't see before and then get really like embarrassed or ashamed of ourselves and and then be like, oh, well, I am a flawed person. I, I do make mistakes. Like I, I, I can get it wrong. And then you're like, oh, no, <laughs> how do I avoid that in the future? Well, you can't avoid all of it. But what you can do is every single day stay on your healing path. The way in which we sustain our lives in the best possible way is to prioritize connecting to our higher self. The part of us that loves ourselves and accepts ourselves has self-compassion and is able to see and have compassion for other people. And that really takes having some kind of practice, whether if you call it a spiritual practice or not, some kind of thing that grounds us in the truth of our wholeness. And I say this all the time, on this podcast, but it's really difficult for us to have the perspective that we want unless we're actively trying to tap into that perspective, unless we're actively going to therapy or doing 
are journaling or meditating or praying or having some kind of dedicated time where we prioritize looking within, doing the inner work. And then we just let ourselves grow at the pace that is our the pace of our own growth. And and part of being human is surrendering to the fact that yes, there are things that you're still not aware of. Yes, you're going to make mistakes, but you trust that you'll learn as you go. And you're doing the best that you can. And giving yourself that grace. And when it comes to other relationships and when it comes to other people, as long as you know in your heart that you're going to do your best to love the best way that you know how at this time in your life, then that's enough. And sometimes that means you're going to stay together. And sometimes that means you're going to realize your paths are going in different directions. But every relationship serves a purpose. It serves a purpose. It's a it's a teaching. It's a healing. I've posted this on Instagram before, but I often say relationships are collaborative healing projects because we learn so much about ourselves. And that's really the beauty. That's really what love is. So you can love somebody and also know that you're not meant to be with them for very much longer. And then you can love somebody and say, okay, we can still heal together. This still makes sense. We're still supporting each other. So this time that you had these realizations of maybe you wish you would have had the perspective before, it all is working out exactly the way it should. And it's actually really beautiful. It's really beautiful. So take your time. Don't rush. Try your best not to make a decision based on fear. But from love, what is going to be supportive of my healing? What choices are going to be inspiring, encouraging, enabling, providing an environment where I can connect to my self-worth and the worth in other people? And if you're still not sure, meditate on it. Take some time every single day, ask yourself, and this is what I do when I'm in a difficult situation or I'm not really sure what to choose. I ask my higher self for guidance. And I'm in one of those situations right now, personally, I'm, I'm in between knowing a pretty big thing, uh, a pretty big relationship issue. And I don't really know what to do. And I also know it's okay to not know. It's okay to not know. But every day I'm just going to keep asking for guidance, higher self, what is love calling me to do in this moment? And I know the answer will come eventually. I just have to keep my heart open. And that's what all of us can do. We just keep our hearts open and we stay dedicated to the path of love. So I hope that helps in some way, but just know you're doing great, babe. You're growing, you're awakening. You're such a beautiful person, a beautiful soul. And it's incredible that you're having these realizations. You're a very, very loving person. You can trust your heart. Wishing you all the best. Well, that wraps up this week's episode. 
Thank you to everyone who sent in questions. Y'all are so generous and it's amazing. And I know that a lot of you have sent out questions I haven't gotten to yet, but I will. That's what I try to do is that I try to get to every single question that is sent. All right. So hang in there. If I haven't answered your question yet, keep sending them in. And if you are a Patreon subscriber, an Apple subscriber, remember, put that in the email because I actually only answer Patreon or Apple subscriber questions on our bonus episode. And the last bonus episode we recorded, we didn't have any subscriber questions. So Karen and I basically just like talked about our relationship, which was fun. It was fun too. Um, I definitely encourage you if you're not a Patreon or an Apple subscriber to do that because you also get access to the bonus episodes. And last bonus episode, Karen and I talked about fighting in relationships and it was really deep and we got really into it and it was really cool. So if that interests you and, and, you know, just getting into deeper conversations about my life, about me and Kara's life, and then also answering subscriber questions and definitely, definitely do that because I really, really like the bonus episodes. It's a different vibe, but it's really fun and cute and healing. We're getting ready to drive to Texas. We're going to Texas for Thanksgiving. We're going to record a bonus episode in Texas, probably talk about, I don't know, my experiences in junior high or something like that. But in the meantime... I just wanted to send all of you love and to take care of yourself. And yes, this healing journey is hard. Yes, it's hard to be a human being. But the only way to get through it, sustain it, and be able to understand that even though there's difficulty and even though there's chaos and even though we have wounds, there is also just so much beauty in this world. I mean so much right now i'm looking outside my window and i'm just like look at the trees look at the clouds look at the sky freaking gorgeous like ugh. yeah it's so easy to forget that and when you stay committed to the path of your higher self and when you connect to that part of you that inner peace that acknowledgement of your wholeness that love it's so much easier to look outside of you and see the love so much easier but you gotta plug in you gotta stay plugged in you're so worth it i love you so much and so does your higher self i will see you next time bye bye